the third of this trilogy, the ninth in these nine films. To have Annie Leibovitz come and document the, the work that's being done. It's incredible. It's just, it's, it's a gift. Here we go. Annie has been a part of this saga for almost 40 years. She's sharing in the culmination of this with all of us. It's an incredible honor to have her step in and capture this moment. It feels like a proper journey. We were in the desert for the first one, and now we're here for the last one. I feel very nostalgic at many, many points that this is sort of... As everyone says, you don't get experiences like this very often. It has been this incredible journey. I'm gonna miss it so much. Me, Daisy, and Oscar. It's like a moment in all of our lives, really. This is truly it. It's a blessing and an honor. Hello, and welcome to the Blockade Runner Podcast. My name is John, and with me this beautiful morning is Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Good morning. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not much loss for, Ryan's at a loss for words uh, <laughs> because it's 7 o'clock in the morning uh, where he is, and also because he's just flabbergasted by these Vanity Fair photos that dropped uh, Wednesday of last week. Mm. And uh, so we're, we're going to devote the bulk of the episode to talking about the Vanity Fair um, photos and, uh, to a lesser extent, I think, the article, the accompanying article. Um, and then we might slip in some news about what's going on with future Star Wars movies um, after that. But uh, yeah, definitely was one of those things where my heart um, was all a flutter last, what, Tuesday night? I think when, um, Ryan, I think you texted us that uh, there was some word on Twitter that uh, this Vanity Fair thing might be happening mm-hmm. uh, the following day. And that's uh, that's always exciting because um, getting this Vanity Fair story and these photos um it's always it's always pretty exciting and and a a really fun part of the lead up to a new star wars saga movie yeah yeah it's been Um, tradition since episode one yeah yep yeah and annie leibovitz uh leibovitz is the the photographer um and and she's always there on set for i don't know how long she's there but uh for a little while to to take photos for for Vanity Fair, and um, yeah, it's part of the machine now. It's part of the PR <laughs> machine, and and the and the lead up to new Star Wars. But yeah, it's really cool, especially for for those of us who have these Vanity Fair magazines. You know, to have like um, you have all six of them, don't you, Ryan? Like a collection there of the of the prequel and sequel Vanity Fair magazines. Uh, yeah, I think I have all of them. Um, Some of them might be in storage. Yeah, um, but I always like you know seek them out, and I have been since Episode One. I love them, but um, I don't know. Me and magazines are not, uh, we're not um, spending a lot of time together these days, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. So, uh, like, I don't have as many of the, the the sequel era magazines as I would like. Um, although I do have some prequel era TV guides and vanity fairs and stuff back on, uh, on one of the shelves over there. So, um, yeah, I, I probably should be grabbing these and I'll, I'll probably pick this one up uh, when I see it on the shelf because I don't think it's in stores yet. Um, but but it's online yeah so 
Yeah. So we'll, of course, link to the article in the show notes. Um, if you're watching the video version, I will uh, try to drop the photos in as we discuss them. And uh, let's just jump into talking about these photos. Um, and we can start, Ryan, by discussing the cover of uh, the magazine, or I should say the covers of the magazine, mm-hmm. as there are two of them. Um, yeah, two. Um, one featuring Ray, one featuring Kylo, our sort of uh, co-protagonists, mm-hmm. if we choose to, to look at it that way. Um, so what do you think about these? Uh, I think they look very good together. Yeah. Yeah, um, like, I think they were initially shared, um, you know, like, separately, um, the two covers here, and then, like, very quickly, uh, people kind of, like, you know, put them together, and it forms a cohesive image. You know what's weird about it is, like, I'm looking at them side by side right now, Mm -hmm. um, it kind of seems like you could slide them together either way and they fit together, at least like the background. Yeah. Which is really weird. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty weird. Yeah, so you could... Um, yeah. and But like Kylo's always like a little bit in front. Um, yeah, like perspective. Okay. He's more in the foreground. Yeah, perspective-wise. Um I don't know if there's really anything to like glean from it besides it's just cool looking. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how I feel about it too. But um, I forget the name of the the editor or uh, journalist from Vanity Fair. Is it Joanna Robinson? I think um, she's the one that you had sent me the tweet from her yeah. the night before, saying like, "Oh, we got something," you know. And she's it was acronym of Star Wars. Um, she was like, "Oh, there's something. Uh, there's something. There's a." kind of something hidden in the cover um, or the covers. And I'm curious if anyone will figure it out before the movies come out. Like there's, there's a hidden meaning or something like that. Um, I should have pulled that tweet up. Yeah. uh, Which is my bad. But um, I I looked at him for about, I don't know, a few days. (laughs) (laughs) Straight. (laughs) uh, Well, they have clothes on. Um, They're in the back i mean it's just like what what, do you, what i don't know what to glean from it yeah i was trying to figure out like what are they looking at yeah maybe? they're looking in opposite directions yeah i don't know it, um, i mean i mean depending on depending on which way you put the covers i guess they're looking in opposite directions oh if you that's put them true the, the other way then they're kind of looking in the same direction potentially but i don't know um i mean kylo's more in sort of like like it's shadowy on his side mm-hmm. and it's bright on Ray's side. Like I mean, of course, you know, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh that makes sense no matter sort of how the story plays out. So um but they they're beautiful. They're definitely beautiful covers. Although I, I feel like um I'll probably mention this a few times, but I don't know if it's like the airbrushing or what, but there's a little bit of an there's like always an element of if they they feel really like heavily touched up and photoshopped or something like all these photos Mm. do you know what i'm saying or yeah i think that's just like the vanity fair like house style (laughs) probably yeah Yeah. um Uh, yeah i think you're right i think like if we would have gotten like these same photos on like starwars.com they might be a like a little different um Mm -hmm. but I don't know. That's that's kind of been the case for like all of these covers. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, absolutely. And all the photos inside too. Yeah. Um it just it just is the way they look. So, uh I mean because they're they're obviously like, you know, they're beautiful photos and stuff, but um 
I just always kind of feel like, huh, it's, you know, it would be interesting to see them with a little less touched up kind of vibe, you know? Yeah. um, Do you hear that dog barking in the background? I don't. Uh, Okay, good. Uh, Hopefully listeners won't either. I just, it's the first, uh, first kind of morning recording of the year where I can have the window open up here. Mm. And uh, there's a dog that barks 24 hours a day, a couple of houses away. So, wow. Um, But let's move on to the next photo then. Uh, which is JJ directing Ray in the desert of Jordan um, on Earth, but uh, in a galaxy far, far away is, uh, we know, another <laughs> desert planet, Pasana, I'm assuming is how we pronounce that, Pasana. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, we've been seeing footage from Jordan ever since we've been seeing really anything from the movie. Um, and it looks, you know, very epic and, and beautiful. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know if there's much to pull from the photo itself, um, besides the, the name of the, <laughs> the name of the planet mm-hmm. and the fact that it's not Jakku <laughs> and it's not Tatooine, <laughs> but it's yet another, uh, desert planet, this one called Pasana. Yeah. Which, which, what's your take on a third <laughs> desert planet for, uh, Star Wars? Um, I think it's definitely JJ's jam, uh, to shoot on desert planets and shoot in, like, I mean, shoot in the desert. Um, I I don't know if it was this art, if it was from the Vanity Fair article, I think so, where he was talking about, like, how, um, he loved just, uh, you know, shooting in the desert because of the way, like, the light, um, and the sand like work together at certain times um and yeah i mean i like obviously there will be story significance to this but i think like a lot of it just stems from the fact that like jj just really likes shooting in the desert (laughs) which is why he's introduced (laughs) two new desert planets in his uh films when you know tattooing exists yeah well yeah yeah for sure um i mean it's like, yeah, he likes shooting in the desert. I mean, this is stunning. You know, the background mm-hmm. is stunning. And it does look like it could be like another planet, you know, but also very tactile and very mm-hmm. um, earthly as well, which I think that's, it's, at least as far as my personal taste goes, like that's what Star Wars directors um, maybe ought to shoot for because, uh, I, I don't know, like I, I feel like um, uh, Geonosis, for instance, you know, it doesn't look that far off from this besides like maybe the, the color palette, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? And the color temperature of it and stuff. But it, you know, it doesn't really feel all that believe, I mean, believable is not the right word, but you can just tell, I mean, it's, it was crafted in a computer, you know, and not, not in a way like, oh, the effects don't look good or anything, mm-hmm. but just, uh, just in a way that it's like, it's, it's, and that's what George wanted to do. And, and JJ even talks about <laughs> that a little bit in this interview, which I thought was, you know, it's interesting. Like, I, I think JJ is very affable and 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 friendly, and and like has a very you know kind of like positive um, affect and stuff. You know, but sometimes when you read a quote like just written in a magazine, it's like, oh well, you know, George used a lot of green screen, and and you know he made the movies look exactly how he wanted them to look. Yeah. But you know, I don't really like that. Like, I, I want it to look you know the way my movies look, and which is totally fine. And I think what he was meaning to do in that comment was sort of say like. George knew exactly what he wanted and George was able to execute exactly what he wanted. But, you know, I'm trying to execute something different and, uh, you know, nothing wrong with that. Like, like I said, but, uh, yeah, I just, I just prefer it to kind of like take the real world and, and, you know, 
spin it a little versus sort of create something. But, you know, George is like, this like when he saw The Phantom Men- or The Force Awakens, apparently he was like, well, they made a movie for the fans, you know, and it didn't do enough new. And for him, he like, I think his thing is like, let's, let's like really, you know, every time do something new and let's like, you know, not, uh, not lean on things we've done in the past. So I don't think George would be um, as, uh, as into, you know, this kind of vibe, which like I said, that's what JJ said. But, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's, I, I've come full circle on the whole desert planet thing because when the force awakens, when we we're in the lead up to that movie mm-hmm. and they were like, Oh, it's Jack who I was like, what, why, why do it? If you're going to do a desert planet, that's like ostensibly just like Tatooine, mm-hmm. just make it Tatooine. And now I'm hearing about this third desert planet and I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe for some, whatever story reasons, it doesn't make sense to be on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like what difference does it matter what planet they're actually on? Like what matters is the experience you have as an audience, like what it looks like, what it feels like, what happens there, you know, and if it's Tatooine or Jakku or Pasana or, you know, a 10th desert planet, I mean, they're in a, you know, (laughs) they're traveling through space and there's thousands of worlds they could visit. So Mm -hmm. the idea that it's like, oh, it's a desert planet, but it's not Tatooine. How ridiculous. (laughs) That was, that that was my attitude during the Force Awakens. Yeah. Like the lead up to it. And I'm like, look back at that now. And I'm like, why do I even care? You know, why does it have to be the same planet again? Yep. That was a lot of our attitudes at that time. Um, But. I think part of it too, though, is that we were just expecting everything to be a trick, you know, maybe because it was JJ and I don't know, you know, just because there was so much secrecy about the movie, but mm-hmm. it was it was just one of those things where like, oh, can can we really believe what they tell us? Like, can we really believe that it's not Tatooine, you know? Yeah. Which, yeah, you can. And, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, but then I think it was like, that was all kind of squashed when Aftermath came out and there was all this like, I don't know, I think in the first book they talked about jakku um yeah a bit. and then yeah. you're like oh that that makes sense like well didn't the first book feature the battle of jakku wasn't that like a big deal in the first book or was that i get that i get those later ones so so yeah, there's a lot up. going on in yeah, this. yeah. <laughs> well although it's interesting you bring that up because like now that we've been seeing episode nine stuff on the horizon and seeing like these desert planet images and you know until this week when we saw this Vanity Fair article, a lot of us, I think, were thinking like, oh, well, look at that. Like, go back to, you know, Aftermath. And now we see that they were planting seeds for stuff that's probably going to come to fruition here in Episode 9. And it still could. But, you know, the whole, like, well, Palpatine had his secret bunker with, like, weird Sith Imperial weaponry and stuff on Jakku. And it must have been on Jakku for a reason. and. Mm-hmm. You know, now we hear Palpatine's laugh in the trailer, so it's all going to come full circle. Yeah. But then seeing this image that this planet is not Jakku makes me less, uh, makes me think that's less likely than than I thought before. Yeah. I mean, we'll Which, see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's uh, it's always possible they could go to Pasana and Jakku and Jakku, um, or you know, who knows? But. But I guess it depends on if J.J. Abrams was reading Aftermath and thinking he wanted to get <laughs> some sweet references in or not. I don't. Well, know. I don't think it's as much of like him reading the books and comics as much as like the the story team like letting him know that this stuff is there if he wants to like do an angle around it and then like working from there. I mean, that's kind of what the story group is for. 
Yeah. 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 I think. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, I think some of these guys, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But I think, um, I think a lot of times these film directors and writers and stuff are, uh, at least the ones like JJ, especially, and probably Ryan too, are sort of more like, you know, kind of want to like create their own thing. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I bet they're less likely to kind of lean into, you know, stuff from other areas than, I don't know, than, than other creators. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But, um, we'll find out when episode nine comes out anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next photo here is of the Aki Aki. <laughs> yeah. Aki-aki. They look pretty cool, man. Th- yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> I love the one in like the pink with the like Y shaped head mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. the like crazy, like steampunk goggles or something i don't know uh that one's my favorite that's my favorite aki aki yeah i mean it looks cool but uh yeah everything just looks um yeah like i love the earthy tones and like Mm -hmm. the sort of like it it looks very again like you know just like the background uh or the setting there is is very believable and you know um like earthly and yet otherworldly at the same time. I feel like the same way about like the costumes and the the look of all this, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, it feels grounded enough to be believable, but then, you know, kind of like otherworldly enough that it, uh, that it works for star Wars. So, um, Michael Kaplan and, uh, uh, oh man, Neil Scanlon and, uh, you know, whoever is working in the creature shop and all that stuff, um, killing it as always. Yeah, these um these four on like the left side of the photos. Um there are those species we've seen before? Is it like the walrus man thing or whatever? I don't know. They look like somewhat familiar, but like those tendrils are seem like new. I'd have to go through like a creature guide or something but like i can't really place what looks the same and what looks different but they feel kind of different yeah i feel like i know we've seen these guys and i was like really thinking um just maybe a minute ago i was like oh man i hope ryan doesn't bring up the species of these dudes on the Mm -hmm. left because i know that i'm supposed to know their name but i don't know um because yeah it's not walrus man i don't know i said that because walrus man doesn't have the um but yeah, I just feel like, are they from the prequels? Are they from the sequel movies? Like, I just can't picture them in a scene. I can't either, but like, I'm like, oh, I've seen these guys, like, for sure. Yeah, like, because they're so, like, similar to other creatures we have. Um, or, I shouldn't, I don't know. Do we say creatures when we're talking about, like, humanoids? That seems, like, a little reductive. Nah. Droids, creatures, and aliens. Uh, you could say I mean, you could call them aliens, but aliens. they're bipedal. You know, they're humanoid to a certain extent, but I, I don't know. I think they're they're alien enough that yeah, I think you could say creatures or at least uh, aliens. Did we see them in Solo? Yeah, I think there is one of these guys in Solo. Okay, right? maybe at the maybe that's what it ref- is at the table at the maybe at the table or maybe at the refining place. Mm. Hmm. Well, well, we've seen them. 
maybe. And they look great. <laughs> yeah, they do look great. Um, yeah, I wonder if there's like a whole like evolutionary line of like these type of aliens that like the ones who went off to like X planet have these characteristics. The ones who settled on Pasana have these characteristics like over generations. Mm. Like that's kind of, that's kind of fun to think about. Cause we do have like very like similar um, creatures to this. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research and figure out who those guys are because uh, I know we know them, and this is one of those moments where I'm like glad that nobody listens to our show because mm. you know otherwise I'd be outed as not being a uh, true, true fan. fan. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad though that like Star Wars conversations have moved beyond like what trivia you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. like because I feel like that was like what it was through like the '90s and like. 2000s it's like can you can you you know name all these like obscure creatures and can you tell us all the ship numbers and like everything and like that was exhausting when that was like such a big deal yeah now it's only about that if you're a woman and and yeah you're talking to you some guy to who sucks yourself. and he needs you to prove that you're really yeah a fan, right Ugh. yeah Ugh. All right. Well, that. speaking of guys that need to prove they're really fans, uh, the <laughs> next photo is, I don't know what that means. The next photo yeah. is of the Knights of Ren. Um, and I, dude, when I was looking at this article on Wednesday morning and I came across this photo and the caption was like, yep, those are the Knights of Ren. I mean, that's not exactly what it says, but um, yeah. I was just like, wow, they're just like showing off like all of these dudes in broad daylight. And I'm really surprised by it, you know, um, and it's not cool. Potentially dudes. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, these uh, <laughs> these characters yeah. showing up these characters here in broad daylight, and uh, I, I just like you know, I mean, there's probably a lot of uh, things that are going to be exciting and cool and mysterious and stuff in this movie, and we've already seen the Knights of Ren in, in a flashback in the Force Awakens, and you know, the, the, I guess obviously they're not trying to hide the fact that they're in the movie, so why not show them off, you know? Um, but for whatever reason, I was just like, whoa, they're really going there. They're really just showing off the Knights of Ren, like no problem. Mm-hmm. So. Um, there's yeah. a lot to unpack here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So my favorite Knight of Ren is mm. the one in the back um, who is the uh, the video game character. You talking uh, about the one that's holding Cloud Stripes? Um, big yep. He has cr- Cloud Stripes sword from Final Fantasy VII, and he has uh, Sub Zero from. Mortal Kombat's like gear on with the the mask and everything like uh-huh. Mortal Kombat 3 era I'd say um when they went you know they kind of moved away from the the cloth mask to like this like weird serrated like plastic thing yeah um yeah he's my favorite also like there's a lot of like this is a lot of weird weapons that we don't see in Star Wars. Like mm. the like the melee weapons in particular. And then like we were talking the other day, someone pointed out on uh Twitter that um the one whose back is towards us, kinda like in the center ish of the frame, like the the like pole arm or like axe or whatever he's holding, um it's that weapon like part of it um is in 
Dryden's ship in Solo. Yeah. So, uh, again, like, a lot of, potentially a lot of, like, Solo references, <laughs> which is really interesting. Um, but, yeah, just, like, the weapons in general, like, the like the club and, um, like, short sword or dagger that mm. um, the dude on the, dude or dude on the um, right is holding. And then that uh, on the left, um, you know, one of the, one of the uh, knights that's just like totally staring us down. Like, it seems like they have a gun attached to their arm. Yeah. And it looks like a, I don't know, like a really like uh, well used <laughs> weapon. It's like one of like the like dirtiest and worn out like weapons we've seen in the secret sequel trilogy. Mm. And I don't know, like because I look at the um, the bullets i guess that i'm assuming are for are for it on his belt and those are like pretty large um shells there and i'm wondering if it's some sort of like like grenade launcher-esque weapon because you can see like it has it looks like it has like multiple uh uh barrels barrels yeah and like the one that's uh kind of towards the back is like a pretty like big open barrel and so i wonder if that has like some explosive um capabilities there yeah i mean could be yeah i don't know um and i wonder how much we'll see i mean i would assume we'll see that in in use and uh definitely these melee weapons in use uh as well um yeah i mean you know they're 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 very interesting uh what the concept is for these knights of ren and and what they'll really uh kind of mean and represent in the movie because um you know as far as i've understood and assumed um since the force awakens when um and especially then in the last jedi when luke talks about it like when when ben uh became kylo ren and you know um, destroyed the Jedi Academy or temple or whatever, um, and took a handful of students with him. I assume that those handful of, you know, force sensitive or whatever students become the Knights of Ren and they are the Knights mm. of Ren. Um, but I suppose we don't a hundred percent know that. Um, I think it was referenced in, in the visual guide for the force awakens. Um, I thought I saw that floating around this week too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of figure that these are, you know, students because, because he did get a couple of like, this, a handful of the students from the the Jedi school to kind of go with him, right? I mean, he didn't mm-hmm. kill everybody. Some of them became his acolytes or whatever. So um, I would assume that's who the Knights of Ren are. But then, like, why don't they have lightsabers, you know? And mm-hmm. why do they have these, like, very sort of uh, uh, rudimentary and kind of, like like you said, like, melee-focused weapons if they're Force-sensitive? They don't even seem to be, like, like Force pikes like the Imperial Guards had or anything like that. You know, yeah. they just look like staffs and stuff, you know? And and I guess like grenade launchers or whatever. Yeah. Um, Ash from army of dead, you know, arm cannon type chainsaw <laughs> army things of or something. What's that? Army of darkness. Yeah. You, what said, you said army of dead. 
Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Evil Dead, Army of Darkness. Yes, <laughs> Evil uh, of Darkness. Yeah, sure. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, they look great. Um, something else I think is cool is uh, the one with his back to us there that's holding the thing that, as far as that solo staff goes, I'm of two minds because I saw that and I was like, oh, that's so interesting. And then I was like, ah, that's so they just like have a room full of like accoutrement from the sets and stuff, you know, when yeah. they took that solo set apart and they were like, this would look cool on a staff. I mean, to me, honestly, I think that's more likely than like it's um, insanely like, you know, um, subtle or or whatever like reference to something from dryden ship but uh uh, you know you can't discount it it's possible yeah i don't Um, think any anything ends up in a scene in star wars that you know is an accident yeah but if you read like when you read like the making of books and stuff like there are so many times where it's like oh well this was on this set or this was from this ship and then they just took Mm -hmm. it apart and used it for this other thing like that's really common yeah. So, but anyway, um, as far as the the guy with his back to us there, like I love this because it to me that cape or hood thing or whatever you call that, it, it seems very medieval, um, and it even looks to me like uh, the knight at the end of um, uh, the Last Crusade, mm. you know, like that chainmail like hooded like cape thing he wears. Um, I think it's a cape, if not at least like the chainmail hood. It just really yeah. reminds me of that and. I don't think that's like probably intentional either, but uh, it just has that very medieval look to it, which I think is really cool. Yeah, and like it, it's kind of like rubbery too. Like it's not like a cloth cape. No, yeah, I mean it's probably meant tell. to be leather, or maybe it yeah. is leather, but yeah, right. Yeah, uh, which again, that's not like futuristic, and uh, you know, moving Kylo's like quilted sort of like you know costume look has always mm-hmm. been very medieval too. So yeah. Uh, I think that all kind of works together well. Um, but there is an element to these guys. Like, they all are distinct, which I think is good, rather than having, you know, uniform uniforms. Um, but there is a little bit of an element of, like, everything's kind of, like, pasted together on these guys. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, like, a bunch of stuff, like, stuck together, kind of. But, it, like, you know, in a very skillful way where it really works and it all looks really good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think they're they're straddling the line there between, like, generic. You know what I mean? Like, if they all look the same. Mm-hmm. And then not wanting to make them too i mean they 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 kind of like i I feel like they want them to look like troops you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. uh not like all super distinct individual characters either (laughs) so that they're part of this like tribe but then they all look unique enough that you know you can separate them and stuff yeah for sure like they have like the outfit equivalent of kylo's lightsaber yeah there you go yeah (laughs) that same sort of like um kind of like scrappiness mm-hmm. but like effectiveness and like you know it's still a lightsaber but it's also like kind of kind of janky as well yeah okay so check this out um i'm sure you saw it ryan but at some point on the vanity fair article um somewhere it referred to it said like um, and yes, we can like exclusively confirm that those are the Knights of Ren that Kylo is mowing down in the trailer or whatever. Yeah, redacted. Redacted. Yeah, an hour or two later, they were like, "Oh, that was a type. That was a mistake or whatever." Yeah. <laughs> um, which seems pretty suspect. But then, uh, man, this like I feel like this morning I'm I'm uh, I'm just uh, 
making all kinds of excuses, but I meant to go back and freeze frame the trailer and look at that again, and I forgot I was, to do it. I was just doing that right now. Oh, you were? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep talking. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, find that spot, because mm-hmm. to me, I'm like, okay, you know, I could definitely see it, and people were saying that, like, from day one when the trailer yeah. came out, like, oh, I bet those are Knights of Ren, or whatever. That's what and I thought. that be cool? Yeah. Um, but... You know, and it very well could be, and that that would be interesting. But then I think we, you know, a lot of us kind of looked at it and we're like, no, 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 that's not them, you know, by looking like really closely. But now that we have these like very, you know, this very high quality image of these guys, pretty, you know, pretty up close, um, probably be easier to determine if uh, if we think that's one of them um, getting cut down, and then you know what that could mean too, because he still has the first order troops working with him. So why would he be cutting down the Knights of Ren? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of us uh, assume like, oh, well, if he's fighting the Knights of Ren, that means he's switched allegiances. He's he's turned to the other side or something. But it's like, well, if I would have told you he killed Snoke in The Last Jedi, you probably would have said the same thing. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Did you find that image yet? Uh, I'm getting there. Okay. You know, there's a very long sequence at the beginning <laughs> of this trailer. Yeah. You, oh, you got to scrub. You got to scrub through it. I know. Are you watching it in real time? No, no, I'm clicking through. I just had to stop and watch the flip. Okay, let's see. I'm watching. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. That is really hard to see. Um, you got to pause it on the part where he's got the. Yeah. He's like throwing that guy down. Um. Oh, well, it's in 720p, which doesn't really help. <laughs> um. Okay. Um, it it moves so fast. I think the guy's wearing a helmet. Yeah. He's definitely hmm. wearing... Okay, I have it stopped at a fairly good spot. He's definitely wearing, like, shoulder pads and has a, like, single... I don't know, like a onesie <laughs> um, suit of armor-ish... Mm-hmm. Um, but he looks so, he's not as like bulky as like these guys here. And I thought I remembered that he looked like kind of short, like he wasn't like a full sized, you know, like human adult uh, or whatever. No, he's, that... he's Kylo's size. Oh yes. Yeah. Maybe even oh, a little so taller. So he's a big boy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a okay. tall man. Okay. Yeah. He yeah. does have like a helmet, but it's weird. It's like a. Um, it almost looks like a like a Zuvio esque helmet. Mm. Hmm. Okay. Well, I guess uh, we can't solve that mystery right now. No. But uh, it is very curious. I mean, I will say this. I will say this. As I was reading the article, um, and it's written by Lev Grossman, and uh, some of you guys are like fans of his writing and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've never read the, uh, any the of his books or anything. Is awesome. Yeah, well, so, and, and, you know, I'm sure he's a wonderful writer, and and the article is fine, um, but I did feel like it was really um, general Star Wars writing, you know what I mean? Which it it should be. It's for Vanity Fair magazine. This is not, you know, I mean, you're going to have a very um, uh, non-traditional Star Wars audience uh, reading this, or or just audience, I guess, in terms of Star Wars fans. It's not going to be just, like, a bunch of people who are obsessed with Star Wars reading these articles, so it needs Mm -hmm. to be kind of, you know, general. But I did think as I was reading it, like, um, yeah, I don't know. Mistakes, like, like there were some things, 
he talked about like when the empire strikes back got the episode four title put on it or episode five title and, and and the new hope got episode four attached to it and i was like is that right the way he described it like i feel like it was a little bit inaccurate and there's just like a couple moments where i was like yeah i don't know if i really like feel like that's quite right what you're saying you know or or what what's kind of what you're um yeah what you're writing here so like i guess my point is that i don't know if this author is they could have jumped to that conclusion or could have and there was like so many times in the article too where it was like oh well a source close to the movie says this or a source close to the movie says that and it was kind of like i'm just curious like how much access he really had and mm-hmm. and and you know who if somebody said oh yeah that's the knights of ren like who said that to him and you know or if he kind of like because you know you're looking at all these photos you're writing this article you're talking to all these different people and like is it possible that you know he thought that was the case and had kind of jumped to a conclusion and, and wasn't 100 percent correct or something you know um or really it could have been even just a because the first time i read it i didn't even read it as kylo was, was killing the knights of ren i thought he was saying like the knights of ren are with kylo in that scene mm-hmm. um and so you know i don't know i'm just i feel like it's more likely than not that he spilled the beans on something he wasn't supposed to and lucasfilm was like no 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 no, no fix that but then i can just also see the possibility that like he jumped to a conclusion that he really shouldn't have jumped to and that's why they changed it so i don't know yeah your thoughts um i don't i don't really know what to think um <laughs> like it could it could be either way and there's like really no way to know and see like at all yeah 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 not until the movie comes out yeah because i mean who knows like it's the the film still has like a round of editing to go oh, yeah. so um you know it there can always you know things can hey. always get zuvioed yeah bob Iger hasn't even seen a final cut of the movie yet so. well, yeah. well i mean nobody's seen a final cut because there is no final cut but he hasn't seen a full cut of the movie i should say mm. yeah so still uh yep still still going through editorial uh, as would be expected um so the next shot here is just of this uh, this speeder thing that we see uh, Ray and Poe and Chewie and Finn on at various points mm-hmm. in the trailers and photos here, BB-8. Um, and it's just kind of behind-the-scenes shot, so you know I don't think there's too much to glean from this. Um, besides, it, they refer to it as a chase sequence um, a couple mm-hmm. times in the article and in the captions, so I think that should be fun. I'm very excited for that. Um, and, uh, yeah. It looks great, but that's all I have on that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the next one is uh, more of a Goosebumps type scenario. Um, not R.L. Stein, but like Goosebumps you get when you are you have the chills because you're looking at something crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the image of John Williams conducting uh, the symphony that is, uh, you know, doing the soundtrack here for... Um, for the rise of Skywalker. So, um, we knew that he was already working on scoring the movie. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's cool to see the maestro at work one last time on doing a saga star Wars film. And then, um, to see that image of, of, uh, general Leia as well, Mm. um, is great. So, um, yeah, I mean, we know she's in the movie. We've seen footage of her in the trailer, but, uh, I'm glad to see that that's not something they're trying to like hide for some big, um, reveal or something. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that would be a great way to handle it personally because there's going to be so much expectation like leading up to it and how are they going to pull this off and stuff. So I think like, you know, getting us more adjusted to that and, and just sort of like showing us stuff in the lead up is, uh, 
is smart, but, um, but yeah, I mean, who knows what's going on in that, in that shot, but, uh, JJ talked about it a little bit, um, in the article. And I, I probably have a quote about that when we get into looking at, um, some specific stuff or, uh, maybe I don't, but uh, oh yeah, I do. Actually, let's just talk about this now. Okay. He said there are moments in this movie when Carrie is there, and I really do feel there's an element of the uncanny spiritual, you know, classic Carrie that would have happened in this way, because somehow it worked, and I never thought it would. Um, so yeah, he talks about you know, kind of like writing, looking at this old footage, and and then writing her scenes around the footage, mm-hmm. and 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 being like. He didn't want to sound too cheesy um, or whatever, um, but that it was like almost like serendipitous the way it all just came together and worked really well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, hopefully it's going to be, I think it's going to be really good, but I wonder how much, you know, like I'm looking at this image here and I'm wondering, is that what she was wearing that day or are they kind of like digitally, you know, updating her like clothing? Cause I know that they're, you know, probably putting her in different backgrounds and stuff than she was in mm-hmm. uh, previously. But then I, I just wonder, like, how much are they changing? And, uh, I mean, honestly, we probably won't even really notice if they do. Um, there's scenes in The Force Awakens where they put Adam Driver's helmet back on digitally because they decided they wanted to wait for the reveal. <laughs> and, like, I, I don't think you could ever tell, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of the stuff they'll be able to do really, really seamlessly. But he did talk about the concern of people watching it, trying to figure out, like, what they changed and what they didn't. And Yeah. And, I'm not going to worry about that myself. I'm going to try to, I think just, just knowing that it's all really her, um, hopefully it'll, you know, won't have to worry about that stuff at all. Mm-hmm. I agree. I wish I could hear what music they're playing there. Mm. That'd be cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh man, this next one is crazy. <laughs> uh, it's the, it's the shot of Luke and R2 mm-hmm. and, I don't even know what to think about this photo at all. Nope. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) It just looks like Luke from The Last Jedi. And part of me wonders if it is just Luke from The Last Jedi because people have been uh, pointing out how similar uh, the stance is. And like the, like people have like shown, um, like compared this, this photo of his hand in the robe to Mm -hmm. a photo of him from The Last Jedi Vanity Fair shoot. And it seems to be exactly the same. So. This is really weird because it's like, oh, Annie Leibovitz is doing the photos for Vanity Fair and all this stuff. And then it, it kind of feels like they just like Photoshop Frankenstein recycled a photo of Luke from previous sources or photos of Luke from previous sources to create this image. And I'm just wondering, like, why? What is the point of doing that? You know, um, it's so strange because if it's like you don't want to show Luke um, as he will appear in the rise of Skywalker, or if you can't show Lucas, he'll appear in the rise of Skywalker because he's a force ghost and Andy Leibovitz doesn't have cameras that take pictures of force ghosts. Mm -hmm. Then like, what is the point of even putting this photo in there? You know what I mean? Um, it seems really strange. Or is this Mark Hamill on set of the rise of Skywalker? But for some reason they photoshopped, you know, a certain part of the stance together because it looked better or something. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, like, and then the fire. So, like, the immediate thought when you see Luke and R2, like, old Luke and R2 and a fire is, you know, thinking back when, um, you know, the flashbacks of um, Ben kind of destroying um, a lot of, like, the Jedi training area. 
um which we've been seeing shots of that since force awakens like that the teasers like um but then like the only i mean like it definitely looks like it could have been on octo yeah like with the green he should be i'm sorry just real quick he 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 should be like the just for men uh yeah you know cover art luke from the hair and everything the black hair and stuff um so then the only other thing i can think of is when um yoda destroys the tree with the jedi text in them um but then like r2 shouldn't be there no he definitely wasn't there but like those are just the only two like scenarios that i can picture like fire on Octo, and then like yeah. the one has R2, but then at the same time he's like younger at the time. Um, yep. I don't really know unless he is again doing like the projection thing. Mm. Um, and this is like a different place at a different time. But like, why would <laughs> like? I mean, did he just project himself to where R2 was? <laughs> like, buddy, yeah. I missed you. Yeah. No, I, it's so weird, right? It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, part of me wonders, too, if it's like there's something. But then here's what's. A part of me wonders if it's like a vision or a like a flashback, mm-hmm. like sort of like the flashback scene in The Force Awakens. Because if you watch that scene, like nothing seems quite real in those shots, you know, because. It's not. It's like a vision or whatever. And, you know, just looking at, like, the smoke behind him and the background and everything, it just sort of feels like, you know, like he's not entirely in the same environment that, like, everything else is there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or, like, almost that, like, there's, yeah, you see, like, some, you know, brush around him and the fire on the ground around him, but then he's just surrounded by, like, smoke instead of being surrounded by, like, an actual, like, locale or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um but then, like I said at the top of the episode, it's like, well, all these photos have a little bit of a sheen and, like, an airbrushed kind of feel to them where, like, you never know quite if it is all, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's got, like, a little mm-hmm. bit of a, um, uh, yeah, overly touched up kind of feeling. So maybe that's just why I get that vibe. But I don't know. Like, I, I a vision or a, or a flashback or something seems like a... a strong possibility if this is even from the rise of skywalker like in any meaningful way (laughs) but But, i uh, mean it's you know the whole um crux of this article and photo shoot is like these are pictures from the set it's not just like these are cool star wars tone pictures well i'm i'm with you on that until you realize that that hand and arm and robe and everything is like straight out of a photo from two and a half years ago and then it's like oh there are photos from the set but actually like i'm pretty sure this one isn't like at least part of it isn't you know what i mean like i'm 100 percent sure part of it is not from this like this current round of photos other parts of it might be his face might be but like just seeing the hand and the way the hand is and like you can look at the one from the last jedi vanity fair shoot and you know um, I'm not sure who pointed this out on Twitter. I think multiple people have at this point, but you know, I'm not the one who I you know figured this out. But it's definitely at least part of Luke is from the Last Jedi shoot. So then, once you kind of come to that realization, it's like, 
why would they do that? And you know what I mean? If like, if, if it's Annie Leibovitz on set and it's like, okay, Mark stand over here with R2 and we're going to take this photo of you. Like, why would they do that? You know what I mean? It just seems really, really weird. So, and there's just something like, you know, I think I'm sure you, uh, or I think a lot of people have, have felt this way that it's just, it looks like Luke from the last Jedi. You know what I mean? Like it looks exactly like him from the last Jedi, uh, even though like the face and everything, you know? Um, so it just, I mean, they, I don't know. He might look just the same in, in, in The Rise of Skywalker, and that's him. But part of me just thinks it's some kind of, I don't know. They didn't have anything to show, but they wanted Luke in the photos. So we'll see. I mean, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like, we know he's in the movie. And, uh, and, and you know, in December when we go see it, we're not going to be like, ah, oh, we had that photo back in May, and it doesn't actually represent anything from the movie. Like, it, it won't matter, but... And this one, of all the photos, too, I think this one feels the most, like, usually you can tell you're on a set, you know what I mean? Um, but this one, it just, I don't know. I Well, the next one, too, actually. <laughs> but, no, a lot of them look, like, very, like, she's there. And this one just seems, I don't know, it's got a very Photoshopped kind of vibe, so. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm looking through these Vanity Fair pictures from The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. and, my goodness, they are awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. the... The Canto Bite ones and um, the DJ picture and the Holdo. Like, oh my goodness. There, These are some really cool photos I haven't looked at for a while. Um, yeah. But... Did you look at Luke from the cover? Yeah. Standing with um, Let's see. Because no. I think that's where this... Okay. That's where this comes from. Um, let's see. Oh, here's the cover... I don't it it's the same the the cover not the face yeah the hand the hand and the stance is the same like no well let's see um huh yeah it's you gotta like I somebody posted a side by side and like outlined you know, everything mm-hmm. like the the portion of the photo that's the same. And then when you look at them like side by side and you see like what's outlined, it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, the creases and the robe and everything like it's it's the same. So I'm I'm very confident about that. Again, not because I figured it out, but because somebody showed me uh, on Twitter. Well, showed everybody on Twitter, but uh, I'm very confident about that. So, again, it's just like a little bit of a mystery to me. Like, why? I don't do know. That? There's a lot of differences. <laughs> Like, the creases in the robe are not the same. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're com- yeah. they're they're completely different. In that, in that part where his arm is, like, or are you talking about in other? I think it's Frankenstein. Like, I'm not saying, like, the entire, yeah. like, the robe, oh, uh, you know, on the entire robe everywhere is the same. I'm saying, like, the part where his arm and hand and stuff is, is, like, the same. Yeah, that's closer. But I don't know. I think people can well, look and decide for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I would say. I would say. Yeah. I feel like we've spent enough time we, on this mystery. Uh, too much. Yeah. Yeah. So we could probably actually. Move on and now, the but... next stuff's like way more interesting, anyways. <laughs> yeah. The next stuff features Zori Bliss, the scoundrel character uh, played by Carrie Russell. Um, and uh, 
you know, Carrie, Carrie was on a late night show, what, a month or two ago, talking up the costume and how it's like the coolest costume ever. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, she's, she's pretty, she's pretty on, uh, you know, pretty correct about that. Looks mm-hmm. pretty crazy. Looks pretty great. Um, gold and purple, uh, or like a bronzy gold. And yeah. Purple. Yeah. Um, so great, uh, kind of combination of colors, um, there and, uh, you know, pretty interesting helmet design. I don't know what's a pull from that necessarily, mm-hmm. but um, it is really interesting that um, you know Carrie Russell, a pretty well-known actor and and uh, uh, whatnot, is um, is helmeted here. I'm sure that helmet's coming off at some point. Um, I'd be very surprised if she, you know, signed on to do this movie and we'll never we'll never see her face. So yeah. um, that should be interesting. But you know what? I love the idea that maybe. There's something a little more to this character, and so you know you keep her kind of uh, helmeted and and hidden a little bit uh, early on, um, so uh, to provide the opportunity for a reveal later in the movie would be cool. Yeah, and she's pictured here in the thieves' quarter mm-hmm. of a uh, new planet. Yeah, new as far planet. As I know. Um, yeah, Kijimi. Kijimi. And it's yeah. like a snowy planet. I mean, why didn't they just use Hoth? But uh, <laughs> uh, well, actually, it, I think the look really reminds me a lot of um, the uh, the name escapes me at the moment. The planet uh, from Solo, the the mm. one where the train heist is. Um, oh, jeez, that's on the tip of my tongue. Vandor, know, like Vandor. Yeah, yeah, yeah it looks kind of like that. I mean, it's not that obviously, but I'm just saying, like, if we're comparing it to previous star wars planets i think it looks the most like that um from our limited exposure to it yeah and there's also like elements of um the the planet where we first um meet cassian in um uh rogue one rogue one um Mm. and then there's like a little bit of like mandalorian vibes there too like especially in like that doorway like the shadowy doorway (laughs) yeah yeah, Um, that's cool but yeah i'm so excited for this character like she looks awesome and uh like it's it's another like this seems like another dj character where we're going into the film like not really knowing where their alliances lie and um just super super curious about what their uh what their role is going to be yeah. Well, so Ryan, um, I know I've probably texted you about this before, um, but um, Jennifer Landa, who is uh, one of the co-hosts of the um, the uh, Force... Oh my gosh, no, how am I forgetting the name of the podcast? I listen to it like every week. Uh, Force Center, the yeah. Force Center podcast. Um, she's one of the co-hosts of that podcast and um, writes for StarWars.com sometimes and stuff like that. She had a crazy theory, uh, which by crazy, I mean really interesting and kind of good, I think, um, about uh, Carrie Russell's character. And it's one of those things where I'm like, you know, I, I, there's no reason to think it's accurate. I mean, she was just, you know, speculating. It wasn't based on anything she'd heard or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But like, it's it, it seems so plausible to me that I almost hesitate to share it because I'm like, God, I think she's right. You know what I mean? Is it related to family? <laughs> it is related yeah, to family. Yeah, I, I saw that as well. Okay, so do we talk about it here, do you think? I mean, it's just speculation, but... I mean, yeah, I guess. Okay, 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 <laughs> yeah. 
it's yeah, maybe a spoiler if it turns out to be right but right and, and and it doesn't i mean there's no reason to think but well there is one reason to think okay mm-hmm. so what she suggested is all right so you have carrie russell this great actor and you know she's um you know some people when when she was announced oh it's, it's ray's mom it's ray's mom and it's like what that doesn't i don't think that makes yeah. any sense it's not it's definitely not ray's mom <laughs> but then someone suggested not someone jennifer landa <laughs> who we're giving credit to here jennifer landa suggested uh what if she's playing ray's older sister and this character is ray's older sister and uh you know her parents are gone but she still has like family out there somewhere in in the form of of this character Zori bliss and that's like why you know there's some some uh uh mystery about her and who she is and that sort of thing and you know um it's just a completely i would say like a completely random theory and interesting but you know um unlikely to be true except for i think it's so interesting too that in the trailer we see the shot of the ship flying down to this planet and that's the shot where everybody was like that's the same ship from ray's flashback when she was being dropped off on Jakku or being left behind on Jakku and I was like yeah I don't think so I think it looks almost more like an A-wing or something that's what we were saying when we were first like watching the mm-hmm. trailer um but you know it's it's who knows it could be the same ship it could it could not be um I almost feel like it's not that was kind of my thing because I know um yeah there was a lot of like freeze framing and stuff like that and I kind of lean towards it's not the same ship but I don't know it's so interesting to consider like what if that is that same ship and we can associate, you know, this character, Zori Bliss, with that ship. Is there some connection to Ray? you know, mm-hmm. um, which could be really, that could be really compelling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely don't hate uh, that, that theory. Um, I, I also like, feel like it could definitely go <laughs> either way. And I think that's, I don't know. That's also like, that's just where a lot of people's heads are at like that um you know that connection um mm. yeah i mean i would say less likely it's like more likely than not it isn't the case you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it's just like some fun speculation ahead of time yeah but a lot of times when i hear stuff about like who ray's related to or race family or whatever it's just one of those things where i'm like almost immediately like yeah no way yeah um but then that one i heard this I is like, probably the oh. best one i've heard in quite some time yeah, yeah exactly um yeah. and i think that's like i think it's like the smartest thing that could be done <laughs> and then like besides maybe just not having it related to anybody yeah you know, or kind of... yeah like if they if you know they absolutely must even though i was super satisfied with that um that part in um last jedi but if they absolutely must like this is probably the best way to do it yeah i think so um yep so it'll be interesting like props to her jennifer landa if mm -hmm. uh if it turns out in the end she was right about that because she's the first person i've heard you know bring that up so yeah yep that was a really really smart um idea yeah uh so next photo here um is of a Chewie and uh, Lando and Poe and BB-8 and Dio in the Falcon. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like does it look like the Falcon's got some upgrades, maybe, or they've they've changed some things on uh, on the interior? Maybe not. Maybe it's just the angle. But I'm not enough of an expert. No, I don't. Know, I don't know. know. Like I feel like I don't know. Maybe those switches 
like yeah. above Poe's head are like different. <laughs> I don't know. There's like yeah, um, you know that. I don't even want to like. Yeah, I don't know anything about this. I don't. It's yeah. not the um, you know, this isn't my area of Star Wars <laughs> expertise right. or love, but um, maybe it looks a little different. I don't know. But but hopefully this means we're gonna see these three, you know, yeah. Poe and these five together in the Falcon. Yeah, yeah, these five, yeah. But uh, no, I mean the idea of uh, Poe and Lando, like that's a charisma overload right there. Yeah, you know, in that scene, so that would be fantastic. And and Billy D. Lando, he looks great. You know, like mm-hmm. we saw him in the trailer, and he looks really good. But I mean, he looks fantastic in this photo. I feel like. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, very exciting there. Uh, next shot features uh finn and uh naomi aki's character oh my god this Uh, is my favorite shot from all of this yeah yeah absolutely my favorite like when we first saw the they did like before they even started rolling out the pictures um they did that like little video preview and as soon as i saw these two like riding on horses before they were like you know digitally touched up yeah um like i was just like what this is incredible and then when i actually saw the picture with like the actual creatures like so good yeah no it looks fantastic it looks really good although it's interesting you know as you were saying that i'm like you know the whole thing is like oh these are supposed to be like she's on set and she's taking these photos and all that stuff and i'm sure she was but at the same time like ILM had to put these you know, space on horse faces yeah. on there. Like, so it's really not just like, you know, um, it, it, it's, it, yeah, it's interesting. Cause it's like, well, she's there, she's taking the photos, it's documenting the filmmaking, but then it's also just like some of these shots are just straight up like promo shots for like Lucasfilm, yeah. like another opportunity to like kind of hype the movie. So, totally. um, yeah. And I feel the same way about the article. It's like, in some ways it's a little bit of a behind the scenes thing, but in a lot of ways it's just like, Hey, a lot of people that don't, go to starwars.com read vanity fair so we need to like educate them about star wars you know yeah. so it's a little bit of a uh there's multiple kind of objectives i think with with the photos and with the with the article but yeah and is this the first like proper bow and arrow we've seen in star wars well i don't think it's a pr- well i guess it is a proper bow and arrow yeah huh. i mean it's certainly not a bowcaster no but it looks like it's not. It doesn't look like sharp on the end, so it's probably got some kind of laser, or some kind of I don't know, energy thing on it or something. Yeah, like that. but like so like do you shoot it. So do like Hawkeye and Green Arrows, like arrows. But those, I mean, they still shoot like bow and arrows. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like I don't. I can't think of any other time where we've seen like a like traditional ish. Like obviously it's Star Warsified um, yeah. a bit, but like it's also very clearly a bow and arrow, like. I yeah. I think it's the first time. No, probably. Probably. Yeah. That's like a really interesting um like there's a there's like a bit to unpack there like about her character um and it seems like she's um at was at some point like part of like a tribe perhaps because she has some like, you know, like symbolism um something like symbolic on her head and her arm um that's you know means something like it's not mm. armor it's not just 
I mean, maybe it's just there to look cool, but, like, she also doesn't seem to be, like, a fashionista in the film. So, um, yeah, like, and I just, I wonder, like, we kind of associate um, weapons like bow and arrows with, like, um, you know, a long time ago or, like, a a primitive-ish tribe. But, like, she also has what appears to be, like, a blaster in her, um, you know, side holster. So, yeah, um, yeah like, I wonder if there, if she's, like, from a, from a people who, you know, practiced the old ways um, to an extent. And maybe, like, these are, like, beasts of burden for them. Um, cause I don't think, I mean, we haven't ever seen these creatures before and, um, and like, so thinking about that, it's like, what gets her into this fight? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they, I think, didn't they say in the panel from celebration that they kind of come across her on her planet or something? Yeah. Um, I, so I, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, like how she how she ends up being part of it, and like if she is, if she does, like have a people, um, and she's not solo, um, mm. that like do they join the resistance or do they not? And like she is just like, no, I'm going and doing this. Like that's uh, uh-huh. that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Also, is she, like, <laughs> among the many potential Finn love interests? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Is, it, is she maybe. part of the love, what What would it be now, Pentagon? I don't know. It's, yeah. a, it's a lot, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of worn out worrying about <laughs> who who's going to be in love with who in the movies to be honest like I'm I'm not uh I, I don't know we'll see yeah I mean I'm 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 open to whatever pairings they want to go for but uh I'm not yeah I mean I'm open to like whatever they decide to do as long as it's Finpo Okay sure yeah Um well we'll see <laughs> in December I suppose yeah. Um but the the sequence I think is going to be is going to be great like seeing the um the the shots from the the kind of like car chase type sequence um mm-hmm. on pasana uh, i'm really looking forward to that sequence i think it'll be fun and then this should be really cool too i mean part of me wonders if this is a uh, like a if they're going to do a kind of like final ground battle type thing um if they're going to do like a you know three battles going on at once or two battles going on at mm-hmm. once or whatever sort of thing in the finale if this could be sort of where finn and and um some of the other characters are at the end of the movie but maybe not you know who knows uh, i know that the the talk is that they're going to be together for most of the movie it sounds like so maybe they, they'll all be and i think we've seen poe at least and finn mm-hmm. on set on this planet or this setting so actually i think um, poe will definitely be with them so it's probably just another another portion of the movie but yeah and we've seen poe and finn together on pasana on that uh yeah. that ship for like the uh what seems to be like a Mad Max Fury Road type sequence.
Yeah, and actually, I bet the next photo is probably, if any of them are from the end of the movie, I think this is likely to be the one from the end of the movie, um, or closer to the end, the final act, anyway. Um, so if we move on to the next yeah. one, if that's cool with you. The next one is uh, my favorite shot of of all the shots in the uh, in the magazine, and um, this one is Ray and Kylo, f- I think, fighting each other. Although some people are like, "Oh, maybe they're maybe they're not fighting each other." Well, they certainly look like they are to me. But um, Ray and Kylo fighting on top of maybe the Death Star uh, wreckage, which is, I think the first people I saw, uh, suggest that was blast points, but a lot of people have, have since suggested it. And that makes a ton of sense. Um, it would be great. And, uh, I'm going to link to their tweets and I'll also link to a great thread from force material, um, which is one of my favorite star Wars podcasts along with blast points and force material focuses more on sort of like the, uh, source material for star Wars and like behind the scenes stuff and the making of and what influenced star Wars. And, uh, they did a great thread about, um, going all the way back to a new hope and a, uh, a proposed, um, sequence that was going to take place like on the surface of the death star yeah. a battle between Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker and how that, you know, sort of, um, evolved over time and, and how, like, I think JJ was even pulling from that a little bit, um, in, in, uh, in doing the battle on Starkiller base potentially, or at least that's what they were, they were thinking. Mm. So in any case, there's uh there's definitely reason to think this could be on the wreckage of the death star. And if that's the case, I feel like that would have to be the end of the movie, right? No, um, I'm thinking no? this is like beginning of the movie because you think the beginning of the movie is going to feature them I, like, like early the in the movie. Yeah. Because I think um, if Palpatine is going to, be the primary antagonist here i think like that's going to um go down really early when they um because we're you know we're thinking that palpatine is somehow like rooted to the death star like i mean that's Mm -hmm. something that kind of makes sense but um yeah because i think like it's definitely like the first interaction that ray and kylo have is not going to be a friendly one um Mm -hmm. i think we will see like this i i still just like don't see this movie ending with like a ray and kylo fight like that doesn't that doesn't really line up with like i don't know like how i've interpreted the films to this point um i do Mm -hmm. think they're going to fight um and, like, the first time they see each other, they're probably going to charge at each other with, like, swords blazing. Um, especially if, like, you know, Kylo's trying to disrupt the work that they, that, like, our hero group is trying to do on the on the Death Star. Um, the scavenging or whatever is happening there. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, this is where, like, we'll get our Palpatine reveal and... Yeah. that will set that up so that all is all very logical and possible and uh i could definitely see it shaking out that way but my thought is that um i've heard some we've seen commentary i can't remember if it's from official sources or not but the idea that the first order and the resistance are like sort of in a race in this movie to get to something before the other mm. side gets to it 
And that's what I think is Palpatine, like is the Death Star and Palpatine and all that kind of stuff. Like, so, and I also don't think that uh, Chief Palpatine is going to be like the primary pro- or antagonist in this movie in the sense that like, you know, he's revealed in the first third of the movie and then he's like, you know, a presence throughout the entire movie in terms of like, he's the bad guy. Um, I think that he will be instrumental in the plot and that he will be the ultimate evil in the plot. But I feel like that will be something that they build up to. And he's revealed in the final act Mm. of the movie. Like, I I don't think it'll be like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, like I said, like a presence and knowledge of him, like a fear that he's back, whatever, fine. But like, I don't think we're going to see sequence after sequence featuring Palpatine. I think like one or two sequences at most will feature him and it'll be at the end of the movie. Um, but I could be totally wrong about that because mm-hmm. like the way that you just described things makes a lot of sense too. Yeah. But that's just how I've been thinking about it. And I do kind of feel like they will be racing to get there. And and as far as Kylo goes um, and Ben Demption and all that kind of stuff, like I think it's very likely that, that, that Kylo will be, that he will not end the film as the chief evil or whatever or like the big bad um, and that he will have some kind of change of heart. But I also think it seems just real... I just don't, I don't see them like being like, oh, this now, you know, they, they, they battle in the first third of the movie. And then for the second two thirds, they like, they're, they've teamed up and like everybody's buddy, buddy. And like, they're all fighting on the same side. I think it'll be more of a, if if he's redeemed and I think it's more likely than not that he will be, or if if not redeemed, at least that he'll see the error in his ways and, and turn away from, you know, fully embracing the dark side or whatever. I don't think it'll be just like a, like well, he starts the movie as a good, as a bad guy, but then in the end, he's a good guy, and he and he's like teaming up with the good guy. I don't think it'll be that simple. I think it'll be a lot more complicated than that, mm-hmm. and I think it'll be less clear than that. And so the idea that like, well, they're battling in the beginning of the movie because they're not friends then, but by the end, they're friends. I I doubt it. I don't think so. Um, I mean, you know, again, could be totally wrong, but that's just like yeah. But I mean, you just, just said it, my vibe about you it. You just said it yourself. Like it's going to be more complicated than that. But then, like, you were using, like, super reductive language where you're like, oh, they'll be buddy-buddy and stuff. Like, Well, because I think, like, because I think I, I'm working against the argument that the fact that they're battling here means that it's the beginning of the movie because by the end they won't be battling anymore. And I don't really know if I agree with that. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, I think that so many people think that, like, Kylo's story has to end with him not being like being redeemed in some way and i think i mostly agree with that like i think that'll probably come to pass but i'm just saying like i don't i don't see i i just i think i hear a lot about how they're gonna be fighting on the same side in this movie and i kind of really doubt that that's what i'm saying Mm. yeah so i think they could be swinging their lightsabers at each other up until the last 10 minutes that's that's kind of my point yeah i think i think um and I'm not sure who, which podcast um, I'm kind of borrowing some of this from, but in an, in another discussion, um, people were talking about, like, how at, like, a certain point, like, it's possible that, like, Ray and Kylo just go off and do their own thing because, like, they, you know, understand this stuff at a deeper level with their Force connection um, in the same way, like, Luke just, like, you know, broke off in Empire and, like, went to Dagobah to kind of, like, do his own thing because he, you know, had a had a greater calling. Um, and I think that's more likely than, like, 
you know the a scene where like the the first order is coming from one side of the screen and you know the the resistance is coming from another side of the screen and they all have weapons and like kylo ren is leading the charge for the resistance like i don't think it's going to be like that and i think like it's very possible that like all the other hero characters like despise kylo ren but i think it's you know it's gonna be ray torn in two directions and um them just having you know um like a greater purpose than like the battle so that's that's kind of where i'm thinking it about it from because they are they're dual protagonists they're you know two sides of the same coin like it's um i don't know i think like you were saying like it's it's definitely more complicated than like a simple um you know like all right now now kylo ren is in charge of the the resistance troops or something or he's fighting alongside the resistance um and i think there's like a lot um it's it's probably going to be something closer to like kind of what we saw towards the end of game of thrones where um characters were like they still had their own agenda but they were like you know characters that were previously quote unquote villains were doing the right thing but in like their own way and um yeah, I think it will be just something that's, like, a little more um, uh, obtuse and abstract than, like, you know, a, a more simple, like, good versus evil here. Because I think the relationship between Rey and Kylo is, like, it's, it's so complicated. And, the you know, the what's going on inside Kylo is also, like, really complicated and... I mean they could I mean they could go in any direction. This is just like what I feel from watching the films. Mm-hmm. Uh well there's a quote from the article from Lev Grossman writing that a source close to the movie says that Ray and Kylo's force connection will run even deeper than we thought. So um yeah, and the article leans very heavily into discussing the dynamic between Ray and Kylo and sort of emphasizing that in a lot of ways. But then again, I don't think the author really knows what's going to happen in the movie or anything either. So it's probably just interesting to him. Like it's interesting to all of us. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll see. In fact, I, I might as well look at this quote here at this point too. Um, Daisy Ridley says Ray is also part of that relationship. That's referring to the relationship between Poe and Finn and, um, you know, members of the resistance and them being like a team and all that stuff and stuff. But, um, she says there, uh, she's also kept apart a bit to due to her force sensitivity. Um, this is the author writing here. Will Kylo Ren and Ray reforge their own connection? And if they do, will it be love or simply friendship that unites them? The answer Adam driver says is incredibly complicated. I don't think it's any one thing. The strength in what Ryan Johnson wrote and what JJ Abrams wrote is it's never all one thing. So, um, I don't know. It's interesting what, yeah. what he means by that. Uh, it's it's almost like, wow, you just sort of like straight up answered that question to a certain extent. <laughs> like you're like, it's not going to be a, a simple you know answer as to to sort of what occurs between them. So uh, I don't know. And again, um, like one of the things that got Adam Driver to take the part was like the resolution of Kylo Ren's story 
and like how interesting he found it um so i think that mm, i never seen that ex- phrase exactly that way that he knew what the end was from the beginning and that like kylo's a complicated character a very you know complex and interesting character but have you seen him say that like the ending for kylo is so good that that made me want to take the part uh yeah that's um i've definitely seen that around um i guess i haven't had i guess i haven't looked at like a direct source um on that but yeah i i hear it mentioned um okay. on podcasts and stuff but i mean maybe uh maybe i need to do some more research around that but well no i mean i'm i'm just saying that like that's a i'm just saying it's like super specific like the ending of the character because i've just i don't know i mean i think like implying that yeah but mm-hmm. like implying that you know hey this this character like for, i think he said i mean i i saw sometime this week he said from the first meeting he had with jj they were talking about certain things like about the conclusion of the story and stuff right mm-hmm. like so that i mean i guess that's kind of supporting what that's pretty much what you said i suppose that like from the first from the first meeting they were like okay this is where the character's going so mm-hmm. um so yeah that probably is part of all right i take it back you're right <laughs> it probably is part of what 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 uh but but I, I just mean like i you know i hesitate to get so specific as like i'm so happy about the way the character is going to be wrapped up that i'll take the part you know but, yeah and i think there is probably... obviously a lot more to it than that but like that was definitely a factor so i think like I think we have to kind of like think outside the box a little bit with um you know the the end of Kylo's arc and not just assume it's going to be like you know Kylo Ren with his head helmet off like dying with Rey hovering over him and like you know being like tell your sister Carrie Russell that she was right and then him <laughs> like passing away like I think like there's i mean if it was just going to be something like that something like really familiar and expected then i don't think like you know those conversations with jj would have been like as like meaningful yeah yeah well i think you're right but i think that's really interesting because we tend to and when i say we i just mean like star wars fans we tend to kind of like pick a side as far as this kylo thing goes like he'll be redeemed he won't be redeemed you know what i mean so like some of us are more i think i've said it like 10 times today alone but i really do think it's much more likely that there will be some sort of redemption to his story in the end than not you know Mm -hmm. what i mean but if i was going to say what side of this thing i i land on i'm more of i land more on the side that like I think Kylo Ren is the most interesting villain in the history of Star Wars. I think Kylo Ren is incredibly complicated, and that's what makes him so interesting. But I also think that boiling that story down about this complicated villain, where in the last 30 minutes of the last movie, he just becomes a good guy. Like, to me, that takes a lot of the complexity and and, and what made it compelling in the first place away. But I do think, like, we kind of put ourselves on either side of that, like oh no, he's got to turn good in the end or no, he's got to stay bad in the end. And I think you're right. It's going to be more complicated than that for sure. But, you know, um, it'd be really interesting to see what they do because, yeah, I guess my thing is just I I like the complexity. I Mm -hmm. like the fact that he's he's not a simple villain. And, And I do think that if it's just like, like what happened with Vader, it's too simple. Like it can't work in 2019. You know what I mean? 
oh, he was really, really bad all along. And then in the, in the final moments, he had a nice little smile on his face and he was like this warm, genial old man. And like all his rights were undone or all his wrongs were undone because of that final act of love. Like it's a beautiful message and it's a nice moment. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like I just don't, I don't, I think it does justice maybe to the character of Darth Vader who, at least in the first three movies, was not nearly as complicated of mm-hmm. a character as Kylo Ren. And if people try to argue he was, they're kidding themselves. I mean, if you, if you want to throw the pre- prequels into the mix, then, like, maybe. But mm-hmm. that ending for Return of the Jedi worked before we'd seen the prequels, and it had to work before we saw the prequels. And um, it, it's, it's a I think, a flawed premise to be like, well, it's okay, you know, the way it all worked out is, is fine because, you know, of his story in the prequels. Like, it has to, it, it existed without the that prequel mm-hmm. story and it had to work without the prequel story and it did um but when it did you were talking about a not all that complex villain and now you're talking about kylo ren who is this incredibly complex villain and, and mm-hmm. it just has to be a complex conclusion so i think we're on the same page about that right yeah and i think like i don't know like i really think it's going to go in the direction of like you know like ray and kylo like they're part of this fight but they're part of this fight in like a different way and i think like that is part of like the um like the sad part of being like extremely force sensitive and like thinking about you know seeing things in totally different ways is like you are kind of like isolated in some ways from like your friends and mm-hmm. um and like i think that quote that you brought up about like how like ray is like going to be like a bit distant from you know finn and poe um i think that's going to be like a really powerful part of this movie mm. yeah 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 and i, I mean you know the the whole complexity of of the the of resolving the kylo and ray thing uh i mean bringing palpatine in is i think a a good play as far as as that goes because um they can both be up against palpatine without either of them kind of becoming different people necessarily you know what i mean like like kylo can be in opposition to uh palpatine without kylo deciding oh, my lust for power and my desire to, you know, control everything and my being a villain, I was wrong about all that. Now I'm a, I'm not a villain anymore. Like, he can still be a villain mm-hmm. in opposition to Palpatine, and Rey can still be a hero in opposition to Palpatine. So in some ways, they can be on the same side, and in some ways, maybe Kylo can do some things that, that will be redemptive, but it doesn't have to mean that, like, he becomes a different person all of a sudden. Yeah. The way that, the, the way that Vader, like, you know, snaps and just becomes a different person. And I think, you know, I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. I think Kylo's ending will probably be tragic in some way because I think he's too far gone personally to just, like, have a, a happy ending. Um, but I think, again, like, a lot of what people want as far as the dynamic between these characters and stuff could probably... I mean, honestly, a lot of what people want as far as the dynamic with these characters we saw in The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. and Kylo didn't do anything to become less evil in that movie. You know what I mean? Um, so I think we can still get a lot of that. Um and that connection can still be there and they can still understand each other without, you know, Kylo doing an, an about face necessarily, you know? So, uh, but who knows? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, no one's ever really gone. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Han Solo, which is what Luke was talking about when he said that. That's true. I can't. I can't wait no, to see. You can, no, you can. Yeah. Hans, <laughs> you Han can inter- fly in and like a jetpack in like a scene. <laughs> that's gonna be great. <laughs> no, that's that's one of the great things about that moment is that uh, Luke says that right after telling Leia he can't save uh, Kylo, but then as he's saying that line to Leia, he's dropping Han's dice into her hand. So it's like, is he saying no one's ever really gone because like <laughs> don't give up on Kylo, or is he saying no one's ever really gone because? You know, I know you think your kid, you know that your kid killed your husband, but you know what? No one's ever really gone. And uh, not knowing exactly what he meant in that moment is it's uh, great. one of the best parts about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. it. Like, yeah. And like also the way it was like twisted to refer to Palpatine in the new teaser. Mm, like it's yeah. such like mm-hmm. a loaded phrase and uh, so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, right on. Okay. Um, well, we have just a couple photos left, and they're not any that we really need to like dig into too much. We've got a photo, another photo of uh, Ray and and Chewbacca and BB-8 on that uh, speeder thing mm-hmm. that we see in the trailer. Yep. It's got some very uh, earthly uh, tire wheels yeah. on the bottom, <laughs> and I think those are going to be green screened out or something. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so Tank treads, either that or. Either that or they're just, they have Jeeps in space. I don't yeah. know. Um, now that so there's cool. bow and arrows, uh, like anything goes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. true. Um, so many like bounce boards. I think that's what they're called. Um, I, I don't know. There might be a more technical term, especially for these giant ones, mm. but all these photos feature all these like giant, like bounce boards that, you know, um, harness the power of the sun to uh, create interesting lighting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And to like do hair lights and stuff on these characters, so um, that's cool. Um, but then we see I have two more photos in here um, of uh, of uh, C-3PO, Anthony Daniels on set, and mm-hmm. and some of the other characters on set. And again, I don't know that there's yeah. anything like this you know, is. Hiding I in the think background this in these is photos, where but. it looks the most photoshopped and touched up. Is like C-3PO is just immaculate in these photos mm. <laughs> like no see that's what that's funny though because i think the guy in the khakis and the white t-shirt there i think his whole job is like wipe 3po down after every <laughs> scene so that he does look like that so i, I actually don't think he's probably very oh, i don't know that's um, the that's the shiniest i've ever seen c3po okay. since like well, episode three probably that could be that could be um but it is funny though because like uh yeah this is sort of like when when i think of the 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 photos from Vanity Fair and stuff I think of these kinds of shots like just mm-hmm. like what would it be like to be yeah. on set for Star Wars totally you know and and I like those but then like I would never give up this shot of Kylo and Rey on top of the Death Star or the Falcon or whatever it is like in the rain and all that yeah. so um, I'm glad that there's a, a mix of the two I, I suppose. think so yeah yeah so um, he, somehow I didn't have the photo of um, Hux and uh, Allegiant oh yeah General Richard E. Grant I don't know why I don't yeah, I don't know why I don't have that in there, but uh, Hux looks mega pasty yeah. uh, and just, like, unhealthy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess, like, what do you say? Richard E. Grant, he turned out to be he turned out to be a, a First Order <laughs> officer, <laughs> like I think a lot of people thought. Shocking. Uh, he, he would end up yeah. being, yeah, yeah. So, so that is who he is. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's too much we can glean from it besides, you know, he's another First Order bad guy. Um but uh, when I first saw it, I was like, wait, Pride. And I was thinking of uh, Officer Price. Oh, is yeah. Is that her name? From, from 
Arinda Price from yeah. Rebels. I was like, whoa. But then, yeah. yeah no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure JJ and, and uh, Terrio are probably just like, you know, thinking of a, a way to take a character trait and turn it into part of a name for a character. And it's P-R-Y-D-E, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like yeah, Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride. Like <laughs> this is this is where it begins the uh, Marvel Fox Lucasfilm crossover. We're we're mm, getting mm-hmm. X Men connections in Star Wars now. Like yeah. you got to beat that uh, end game record. So just throw it on one pot. Yeah, I don't know what to make of um, I don't know what to make of this quote about the common emblem from anthony daniels that that's like one of his lines that he was really having yeah remembering the common <laughs> emblem line I think, yeah i don't think there's anything to glean from that except he's just no, telling no, like no. a personal story um yeah 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 well and i did i did appreciate the fact that uh, grossman wrote that it's almost guaranteed that that won't yeah. be in the movie because <laughs> you know he heard it so that was a good that was a good call on his part um and the common see, emblem maybe, is uh mary jade's lightsaber <laughs> mm-hmm. um and then i think i have one more quote i want to share ryan mm-hmm. um from the article as we wrap up here uh this is jj talking about the rise of skywalker um he says working on nine i found myself approaching it slightly differently which is say that on seven i felt beholden to star wars in a way that was interesting i was doing what uh the best of t- i was doing to what the best of my ability i felt star wars should be that's talking about making the force awakens um, but this time something has changed abrams found himself making different choices for the camera angles the lighting the story it felt slightly more renegade it felt slightly more like you know f it i'm going to do the thing that feels right because it does not because it adheres to something so um you know that's cool like maybe episode nine will will uh it's got a lot of jobs there's yeah. a lot of things it needs to do but um you know, hopefully, uh, I guess, uh, for those who thought The Force Awakens was a little too adherent to the template of the original trilogy, that that this one will have a little more of a, I don't know, modern kind of take, or it just feel more like a J.J. thing and, and less like a J.J. doing a George impersonation mm-hmm. thing. Which, I mean, obviously, as we've said many times on the show, like, that's kind of, like, I mean, within reason, that's the approach we'd prefer um you know mm-hmm. kind of like with uh with our love of the last jedi um that like ryan had like a very clear vision and wasn't afraid to um you know be beholden to um you know what what happened 42 years ago um yeah and it sounds like also from like the interviews we've been seeing lately is like uh, it seems like jj was like kind of emboldened by uh, by Ryan's work and like um, he's really he's at the very least he's like really come to appreciate a lot of Ryan's decisions now that he's tasked with um, you know this uh, this film yeah people love to create the imaginary rivalry between yeah. the two of them <laughs> that you know they secretly hate each other JJ hates Ryan Ryan was trying to you know, undermine off, uh, JJ's, JJ's work yeah, yeah ridiculous all ridiculous yeah. um for sure but i will say i bet you know jj because J- you know like if you're jj abrams you're seeing the last jedi you're reading the script first off and he had glowing things to say about the script when he first read it but then you're seeing the movie and and you're talking to other people that are um sorry if this sounds like snotty or whatever but other people that are tuned into filmmaking and understand kind of like the 
the risks that Ryan took, the the ways in which Ryan, you know, kind of broke ground with that movie and the ways in which the movie was challenging mm-hmm. and not simple and not exactly what people expected. And, you know, if you're J.J. Abrams, you're seeing that kind of commentary and discussion and probably feeling like a little bit, um, I don't know if competitive is the right <laughs> word, but like, hey, everybody saw my movie and was like, yeah, that felt just like the old Star Wars. He definitely did a good impersonation of the old Star Wars. And then people are seeing Ryan Johnson's movie and being like, whoa, this guy's turning things on, on in their head and he's taking risks and he's doing things that are really creative. And I would imagine if you're JJ and you're coming back to do the, the last <laughs> one, you're kind of like, okay, you know what? I can show people that yeah. I can, you know <laughs> what I mean? I can totally be totally capable of that. Right, 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 right. So I, I would think that just inevitably force awakens and and last Jedi are going to be compared to one another and i would think that if you're the guy who made the first one you'd probably want to <laughs> in your final uh <laughs> attempt you'd probably want to say like you know what he's not the only one who can who can take some risks and and be challenging and stuff so yeah which i think will be a good thing you know for for the rise of skywalker it'll result in a better yeah movie, and so. i think like it will set the tone for you know what comes next in star wars like yeah and I'm glad I'm glad JJ made The Force Awakens mm-hmm. and Ryan made The Last Jedi. And I don't think I would want Ryan to have made as much as I love The Last Jedi. I think I'm I'm very happy with the way it worked out. Like, it's it's nice to have, you know, a kind of ease us into a new trilogy mm-hmm. with something that feels very familiar, and then you know have that challenged in the um, the sequel. And then I I think that you know a nice mix of the two in the final movie would be good. Like I I don't want it to be as challenging as The Last Jedi. I don't think it should be really because it's kind of you know it's wrapping things up and we need more of a happy ending and we need more of a triumphant kind of thing and you know the the middle movie is where you can kind of go um darker and and be more challenging and stuff Mm -hmm. so um i think it's good to have someone who's a little more i don't know um traditional like jj wrapping it up but but i do think like you said i think he's very capable of uh of brilliant stuff. I think the force awakens is brilliant just in a different mm-hmm. way, but um, yeah, I think he'll, he'll kind of respond a little bit to um, the last Jedi in, in a way that will be uh, great. And, you know, maybe if we're lucky result in a movie even better than the force awakens, which would make me really yeah. happy. Yeah. You I know? think the I force mean, awakens and the last Jedi were the perfect movies for their time and their place mm-hmm. in the um, sequel trilogy. And I have, mm-hmm. like, full confidence that J.J.'s going to make, um, you know, the Rise of Skywalker, like, the the perfect movie for, you know, the final film. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's a reason, sorry, Guy, but I think there's a reason that uh, they decided to bail on Colin Trevorrow, um, and it's because, you know, they, they knew how good it had to be, and... Uh, and uh, yeah, I think they, they they knew that JJ would be the guy to pull it off. So yep. <laughs> we're in luck as far yep. as that goes. It's be <clears throat> Agreed. Other kind of thing as far as notes yep. go, but about up, 
I don't think we're capable of talking about this stuff in a time and like a like a, economically enough to do it in this episode <laughs> to talk about no, the uh, no. Benhoff and Weiss movie being next and the rumored Knights of the Old Republic screenplay that's apparently been in development since last spring. And um, I- I'll tell you, I will say this though. Let's 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 talk about this one real quick. <laughs> we, we can do this one oh, very no. fast. Just I can. no, we can't. Just don't say anything. Then I'll I'll t- I will do it in two minutes. All right. <clears throat> Uh, a lot of people yeah. love to hypothesize that Ryan Johnson is no longer getting his Star Wars movie. And with uh, Bob Iger revealing um, last week that Benioff and Weiss will be making the next Star Wars movie, um, it's like fueled the fire that, oh, no, Ryan's fired and Last Jedi sucked and he's not making a movie anymore. Um, but uh, Ryan, uh, just yesterday or the day, I think Friday, tweeted a picture of his wristband from the Galaxy's Edge preview that uh, some some podcasters and other, you know, Star Wars uh, personalities, they were at Galaxy's Edge um, <laughs> last week or the earlier yeah. this week. Our, once again, our email got <laughs> lost in uh, the yeah. bits and bytes. Yeah, so some, some, <laughs> some people that, uh, that we follow have been to Galaxy's Edge, and we'll, I think there's an embargo, and we'll be hearing more about that next week. So that's exciting. But Ryan Johnson... Good yeah, for yeah, them. No, we're not jealous at all. I mean that <laughs> sincerely. Yeah. But, uh, but Ryan Johnson was there as well. And also um, Michael Ian Black was tweeting about um, to anybody who works in Hollywood, you know, like give me a job basically. And uh, Ryan responded to him saying like, um, you know, space boots. Yeah. Space shoes. Space shoes. <laughs> yeah. Space like, boots. You, yeah. You wear some space boots in a movie, um, which, you know, I think both of those things. Uh, are just more evidence that, uh, guess what, he's still making a Star Wars movie. I mean, he's been tweeting uh, multiple things this week indicating he's still very much involved in Star Wars. So sorry to those who um, are looking for um, any kind of like, you know, uh, meaningless, you know, innuendo or rumor to suggest he's out. But uh, he's very much in. He's still in. And that's uh, the best possible news um, that we could get as far as Star Wars movies in the future go. So there's, like we said, a lot to discuss um, as far as the schedule and when movies are coming out and how many movies are actually being made in the next, you know, however many years and and all that kind of stuff. Apparently there's at least, Bob Iger says there's going to be at least one more Disney Plus show that he expects to be announced, you know, before... I don't know, the next year or two or whatever. So there's a lot of Star Wars coming and um, it seems like maybe even more than we expected. And uh, it's just very confusing right now as to who's making it, when it's coming um, and what the plan is. But uh, hopefully this will all be revealed in time. So, Yeah, and I mean, also just because something's like in development doesn't mean it's going to be in development forever (laughs) and things do, you know. That's true, that's true. And... That's true, and, and the Benioff, or I mean, not the Benioff, but the Knights of the Old Republic uh, story as well. That's, I mean, it's obviously nothing official, but it's one of those things where it's like, uh, the author claims that three different sources backed her up on this, or, you know, kind of gave her this information, and that there's just some really specific stuff in there, like, about how long it's been in development, yeah. and it just feels very uh, trustworthy, but... Yeah, absolutely. I have no doubt that there's, like, a screenplay like or outline or something that's like in existence Mm. Mm -hmm. right now but it's just like you know just because there's a screenplay doesn't mean there's going to be yeah that's true that's true that's true um or that there's going to be a movie like right now that's true like that screenplay could sit on the shelf 
for a while and it could be tweaked and many people could come and go and you know add or detract from that screenplay and it could you know go go through a lot of different incarnations but um yeah and i also don't doubt that uh there are quite a few more uh screenplays star wars screenplays in existence right now no, that's probably true, uh, but look, look, look what we're doing, Ryan. We're we're sitting here talking about the thing we said. We I were know. Talk about. I told you not to do this. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, it'll take two minutes because uh, you don't get to have an opinion. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I tried my best to stifle your creativity, but um, uh, I'm I'm going to succeed now. Stifled. I'm going to succeed now by calling the show here. We're going to wrap mm. it up. So. Um, yeah, definitely check out the, the links in the show notes to the Vanity Fair article, but also to, you know, um, the force material, uh, thread and, and stuff like that, uh, mm-hmm. blast points, um, and, and that stuff. So we'll link to all that in there and, and make sure you check those, uh, links in the show notes. Um, as far as our stuff goes, you can find it all at blockaderunnerpodcast.com. Uh, you can email us at blockaderunnerpodcast at gmail.com. And actually, um, you can send us a voicemail now too, if you want to try this, uh, this new setup that uh, our we, we use Anchor for our podcast hosting, and there will be a link in the show notes on your podcast app that you can tap on, and it'll open up a window in which you can um, leave us a little voicemail right from your phone. Um, you have to like create an, an Anchor account, I think, so that might be a uh, an additional step that uh, some might not want to take, but once you've done that, um, it's like a super easy way to to uh, leave feedback and we'd love to hear from you so blockadewinnerpodcast at gmail.com or if you want to try out this little uh, voice message method that's in the show notes um, please do um, you can follow us on twitter at blockade run ryan you are on twitter at braundwarf b-r-a-w-n-d-w-a-r-f all right and we will be back next week with more blockade runner podcast probably focused on Sheev palpatine but you never know so uh, we'll keep you in suspense and uh but but you can count on the fact that we will be back with another episode next week um so until then thanks very much for listening and uh we'll catch you later